Hey guys, it's a great day to live for Jesus. My name is Pastor Mike Grover, and this is the In the Word podcast, a twice-weekly devotional journey through the New Testament, where together we will stop, look, and learn what the Lord has to say to us today. We're in the Word today in Matthew chapter 8, and as we continue making our way through Matthew, I think it's important to understand that the Gospels are not written in chronological order, but really written as a picture, as a whole, of Jesus Christ. For example, what we're looking at in chapter 8 did not necessarily take place before what happened in chapter 9. There's somewhat of an arrangement of the content in this gospel by subject matter. Like you see in Matthew 8 through 10, there's primarily a focus on the miraculous and Jesus's power over sickness, uh, the elements of nature, and the spiritual forces that are at work around us. And then in chapter 11, he picks up on the subject matter of the parables. So in chapter 8, we see in verse 1, it says that he came down off the mountain or off the big hill from the Sermon on the Mount. And he deals with an assortment of people in this chapter, from a leper to a Roman centurion to Peter's mother-in-law who had a fever to a scribe, and then with his disciples in a boat during a rough storm on the sea. And then what I want to focus on today, a couple of demon-possessed men that we read about in verses 28 through 34. And in verse 28, it says, And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed men with devils or demons coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, Son of God? Are you come here to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding, So the devils begged him, saying, If you cast us out, allow us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their way into the city and told everything that was happening to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him that he would depart out of their coasts. So much here going on. I think one of the interesting things as these demon-possessed men began to speak with Jesus, that they knew who he was, that he was the Son of God. There was not even a question to them about who he was and his deity. And then they say, "'Have you come here to torment us before the time?' So they clearly understood the truth of final judgment that would come. Man, these two demon-possessed guys were more sure about the Word of God than some professing Christians we hear about. And I think this really goes back um, to what James was saying in James 2, 19. He was talking about how even the, the demons believe and tremble. So here's a couple of demons that believe Jesus the Son of God. They believe there is a judgment to come. They were just wondering if Jesus came to prematurely judge them. So we see the story and the narrative that's going on, the conversation between them and Jesus, and they request that when he casts them out, they want to go into this herd of swine, these pigs. Jesus casts them out. He lets them go. They go, 
And man, they run off a cliff into the sea and obviously kill the whole herd. And the guys taking care of the herd run back, back into the city to tell everyone what's going on. And when they come out to see what's going on, man, rather than falling down at the feet of Jesus over this miraculous healing of these two demon-possessed men, which, by the way, you got to think about it. We're not talking about a huge city here. Man, these were people within that town's relatives, someone's sons or, or fathers maybe even. And yet, rather than rejoicing in that, what's their response? We see in verse 34, it says, they asked him if he would leave, that he would depart from them. Man, why such a low regard for the work of Jesus Christ? And Guzik said, perhaps they were more interested in their pigs than in people. Certainly, the power of Jesus Christ did not make all men feel comfortable. Maybe that's why the demons wanted to go into the pigs in the first place. Maybe they understood uh, that we go into these pigs, we run off the cliff, they're dead. We're going to turn this town against Jesus Christ because he's messing with their livelihood. Man, doesn't that sound just like the strategy of Satan? You know, the Bible talks about in Ephesians 6.11 about the wiles of the devil and then 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, we're not ignorant of his devices or his strategies. Man, Satan is a master planner of deceit and manipulation. And here he is even attempting to use the miraculous healing power of Jesus Christ against him. Man, if Satan will bow up and go face to face with Jesus, why would any of us think that we are above dealing with spiritual warfare from the enemy of our souls. The scriptures just have so much to say about this subject. We read over in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, beginning in verse 12, it says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of, of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then Paul says, Wherefore, take to you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So there's definitely a spiritual warfare component of what is going on here with their rejection of Jesus Christ. And it's not unlike what really we are dealing with every day from the devil. There's also the other component of this. I mean, that those pigs going off the cliff and into the water, it represented something dear to their heart, really something costly, their livelihood. And it was really putting the power of Jesus Christ and who he was up against what they valued in this world. And at that moment, they valued what they had more than Christ, and they rejected him. Now, I love that over in Mark's account of what took place over in chapter 5, that one of the demon-possessed men asked Jesus if he could go with him when they got back on the boat. But Jesus told him no, and he said this instead in verse 19. He said, go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and has had compassion on you. It says he departed and began to tell these things, how great things Jesus had done for him. And it says, and all men were amazed at what Jesus had done. 
So we don't see Jesus giving up on these people that rejected him. We actually see him sending someone specifically to patiently bear witness of who he was that they might come to believe on him and to know him. The lesson in this for me today is that Satan is constantly at work trying to bring my witness for Christ at odds with the value system of the people that I'm talking to. And if you think about it, it's no wonder when seeing that maybe for the first time head to head, that people are gonna side with what they value in their life over what I'm telling them about Jesus Christ, especially when they're first confronted with it. But I love that Jesus didn't uh, reject them ultimately at this, but actually raised up someone to go back to them personally and specifically to show them the great things that Christ had done for him. And I just have to believe in time that hearts were softened, a faith was opened up, and many of these who initially rejected Christ came to follow him. So the word for today is simply this. In our lives, in the circumstances we face, in the people that we are interacting with them, don't be shocked and don't be angered when you see that initial rejection of Jesus and who he is uh, to the people in your life, maybe your family members, maybe those you work with, maybe long-term friends. But show the same patience and kindness that Jesus showed, not just emotionally, but actually tangibly by telling this man who could have benefited so much from personally being right next to Jesus. But Jesus said, you know what? I would rather you stay and give to them what they can receive in no other way, a living testimony of the great things that I can accomplish when someone follows me. So today, look for that opportunity. That person who seems furthest and hardest from Jesus may be the one that needs to see your testimony lived out in such a way that they too will come to trust in him. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey together through the New Testament.